My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. It's the Irishman in America podcast coming to you live from the Mulrani Park Hotel in Mayo, where I've spent the last two days celebrating my birthday and putting the finishing touches to my training for this weekend's Antrim Coast Half Marathon. I knew I would be recording this chat with you, Marion, while I was here, and I was excited to do it because... I definitely need some guidance on what the hell has been happening in America this week. There has been a kind of a scrappy news week, but the first story we need to get to right away is on Monday, Donald Trump filed an error-riddled motion in a federal court in Florida asking a judge to halt the FBI's review of the documents the government recovered in this month's raid at Mar-a-Lago, which we've talked about at length. Now, the Don asked the judge to appoint a special master to do the review instead. It's unclear if this will work or just delay the Department of Justice's ongoing criminal investigation into these classified materials that he basically robbed. But the request did arrive at the bench of a potentially friendly Trump appointee, Marion. Are we watching the worst stalling tactic of all time or the best? You know, yes and no. First of all, Charlotte, happy birthday. Related as it is, but I really feel that you deserve a celebration and a rest after the move, all the running, all the work. So I hope that you and Tina and Mikey really kick back and had had a great time. You certainly deserve it. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Yeah, it's just a a great place to come to rest, I have to say. And like I said, this episode wasn't hanging over my head, but it is very much in the middle of this day. So Tina and Mikey are down in the swimming pool having a blast. And I said, I'm going (laughs) to come up here and have a blast with Marion, trying to figure out what exactly is this man playing at here? Because it seems pretty cut and dry. You took some shit that you shouldn't have taken. (laughs) That's that. But is he ever going to admit that, Charles? The thing is, Donald Trump, and it's it's something that was drummed into him by Roy Cohn, who was the notorious Clinton, um, I beg your pardon, <laughs> she should have worked for Clinton, he might have been a lot better off, um, Nixon guy, like and, and McCarthyite and everything. And he just said, deny, deny, deny. And Trump takes things further. He denies, and he does what rich people does. He delays and he derails where it's all possible. So that, that, that's been his tactic with everything he's done as president and legally and and in his business even. Now, the, what what's happened there is, um, as you say, on Monday, he went in before Judge Aileen Cannon. She's a district judge, a federal judge in the Southern District of Florida. Now, she is a Trump appointee, but I don't think that, 
you know, there are some terrible Trump judges. You know, he has made some dire appointments, but some of them have have not been, you know, that bad. They are professionals. They are lawyers. They get the law. Now, she basically he went in with this twenty-seven page. I read it and I just went, "Oh God, my head, my head!" Um, it, it was like one of Trump's rallies. It was as if as if you had transcribed a Trump rally. Mm. There was almost no legal content in there. It was a political rant, and basically, you know, the Mueller investigation. They're at it again, and blah de blah. Um, so. What the judge did was, I think, what any sensible judge did. What, what, first of all, what Trump appeared to be looking for, and I say appeared because even the judge wasn't clear, um, is to have a special master ordered. Now, in itself, that's not a bad idea. You may remember Michael Cohen when the FBI raided his house. Trump's lawyer. There was a special master um, appointed to see which documents they found were would come under genuine um, because he was a lawyer, exe- you know, client confidentiality privileges and which were relevant to the case they were making against him and, and which he couldn't really claim, oh, no, no, you can't look at that. So they appointed a special master for that. A special master is a neutral third party who's got legal expertise, but who's outside of the case. They're not working for the government. They're not working for the court. They're neutral. And they go through stuff and they say, okay, judging by these criteria, one to ten, this document, the FBI didn't have any right to. Judging by the same criteria, they had a right to this one. So they go through it in that way, and it's very matter of fact. Now, I think um, had Trump just got in and asked for that, uh, that that probably would have been fine. But the judge has basically asked him to explain, what do you want? <laughs> you know, I don't know what you want. It's not clear from this order. And um, they, they, they've said ex- that Trump has to explain his legal arguments now, forget political, but legal arguments for why he's asking the court to step in at this time, i.e. two weeks later, you know, more than two weeks after the raid, um, and why, whether the Department of Justice has been served with this with the special master motion, because this, the Department of Justice would have something to say about this, presumably. There's no evidence that Trump, even Trump's lawyers, even let them know, which would be, you know, very important that they did know. And ju- the judge, Judge Callan, has also asked Trump's team to say what request, the, what effect the request might have on a separate review that's been conducted by the magistrate judge, Judge Bruce Reinhardt. Onto whether you know any portions of of the still sealed affidavit can be released. So you've basically got a lot of moving legal parts here. At 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 one end of things, uh, the the Department of Justice is back in court before Judge Reinhardt, and there there's arguments still going on about the degree to which the grounding affidavit, the affidavit on which the warrant for the the initial search was granted. Now, Trump is saying, I want it released. I want to believe I would lay every penny I have, which is very little, admittedly, uh, that Trump does not want this released and that he's just doing this uh, to kick up more dust. But I don't think that it should be released or it certainly should be heavily redacted because the reason Trump is presumably saying he wants it released in full is that it will identify not just the sources of intelligence that were used to discover that Trump was still holding on to all these top secret documents, but the persons, and we were pretty sure there were people inside Mar-a-Lago who tipped off the FBI and said, look, he hasn't gotten everything back to you. Now, so those people could be identified. Bigger picture here, this this doesn't happen. You don't release grounding affidavits in criminal cases. And if you did, it would have a really chilling effect on investigations because secret sources, people who might have gone, whistleblowers, all these people who are moved by a genuine 
concern about what's happening in secret and um, might think, oh God, I'm not, I'm not giving this up because I'm going to be identified and I'm going to have all these people threatening me. We already know that there have been threats issued a, a, against various people to do with the FBI who, who um, conducted the, the, the search. And, and, you know, temperatures have been so high around this and the judge has been threatened. And, you know, so I, I think that um, Judge Reinhardt should err on the side of caution. And if it is going to be released, it should absolutely protect every single person who was involved, every source used, et cetera, et cetera, which means it'll probably just be a lot of black lines with the date. Well, <laughs> that, let me ask that, this question really idea. quick then, Marion, because the filing, the the uh, you, you can't do this, this whole FBI thing is wrong. As you say, that garbled thing that they've looked for clarification on, it seems to me like the big argument is I might run for president. You can't, yeah. you can't investigate me. I and might I, run for president. I mean, how is I, this uh, even an argument that he can put on the table, well, especially when what happened to Hillary Clinton took place? Yeah. And yeah. it just seems like it blows my mind that that seems to be the core of the argument, that it would be just wrong for anyone to investigate me because I'm cooperating with the probe or even if I'm not cooperating with the probe, threatening to run for office is enough <laughs> of a defence here. How? You know, I love the, just that expression that he's threatening to run for office because what, <laughs> what he's doing for a good half of America, this is a serious threat. You know, and and but it's it's not a threat that you can threaten the legal system with because with everything Donald Trump does, there is it's not even a subtext, it's in Layering neon signs, do you know who I am? How dare you? You know, I mean, that mm. is the subtext to everything, whether it's taxes, no matter what it is that, you know, he has this belief that he's allowed to do whatever the hell he likes, be it in politics, in his business, in the law, whatever, and that nobody should be allowed to investigate him just because of who he is. Now, the, do you know I am who I am, as in I am going to run for president, is a very useful subtext because there was a very um, sort of established policy in the Department of Justice that you didn't go after political candidates and you certainly didn't go after them or make any announcements about any investigations mm. 90 days be, you know, before an election. Now, James Comey, because of his sanctimony and his own ego and the fact that he thought, a bit like Trump, that he was bigger than any Justice Department, decided that he was going to blow that, that rule out of the water. So now you have this situation where now that it's been done to Hillary Clinton, you know, has that precedent and has, has that policy been scuttled? Merrick Garland says no, that he's determined to bring it back. Everything in the Department of Justice despised Comey for this showboating as they saw it, and they said it was completely wrong. And it did have very real consequences. But anyway, so um, in theory, like Trump saying, I might run for president, well, it's at least two years out. So that doesn't fly at all because yeah. that doesn't even come close to the 90-day rule. But also you can't, you know, it's like it's like you or me saying if we, we face, I don't know, a parking ticket, but I might enter a Formula One race, you know. I might, I might, you know, th there's just no logic. But then again, when was there ever? There's no legal logic. And I'm reading between what this Judge Aileen Cowan said. She sounded pretty exasperated. Basically, 
what she seemed to be saying was, what are you doing here? Would you ever get out and get your act together and come back and know what you're talking about? I mean, really, if you read between the lines of what she said, so they, they are um, due to come back now with a revised brief and, and um, one that presumably might ditch the 26 and a half page of politics that was in the other one and whining and just get down to some salient legal matters. And as I say, it mightn't be a bad thing, even for Merrick Garland, for the Department of Justice, to have a special master appointed who can say, okay, don't say we've got anything to do with Garland because there is this argument which is really not founded and not proven that Garland is just doing this for Joe Biden. And anybody, I think, who has come across Merrick Garland in any um, capacity knows that this is a dry-as-dust by the book, judge, a person of impeccable integrity, nobody has ever said otherwise, who just wants to do his job. Now, Biden has said repeatedly and has pressed people that they didn't even know about the raid. And that is how they would have wanted it, because they wouldn't want to know, because if they did, it would just be crazy. It would be politically crazy. And, you know, it's politically savvy for them to have known nothing about it. Mm. So it, it seems that all of this stuff where they're trying to say, this is just Biden trying to weaken his potential the opponent who would trounce him in 24, it's all nonsense. You know, it's all nonsense. But I think the law in this case does provide some kind of a, you know, it's almost like a, you know, a glass of cold water in the face. They're saying, okay, if you have arguments, make them, but they better be sensible. They better be relevant. And you can stop your histrionics because that's not going to work in here. I, hope and I so also wondered both courts. what lawyer in his right mind takes this job, given... <laughs> how bad this man is at paying people. And this is well documented. We've talked about it so many times on the show. I've I've just scratching my head going, court filings from Donald Trump. And you're like, I want to see the dope that took that job, understanding that they're never going to see a cent of it and that the gobbledygook that they've been told to file has no real legal argument within it. Using the Mo Canelucht as your <laughs> central <laughs> pillar of your argument, <laughs> if and when I mightn't and I might yeah. in the future, <laughs> if I future did, tense. I would. <laughs> but listen, but, something a much more positive, Marion, that I, I wanted explanation on, because I basically got things to throw at you this week that I need explanations on, and I feel like our I, listeners will agree. Best. Okay. Um, Joe Biden announces student loan forgiveness plan. I mean, I didn't go to the Edinburgh Fringe this year. Shout out to everybody who did. But the understanding when you go to the Edinburgh Fringe is that you're going to lose a ton of money and your hope is that you will make it back in the year that comes. Yeah, That seems to be the American plan for sending kids to college. But oh, Joe yeah. Biden announced a federal student loan relief plan for some borrowers on Wednesday says that department of ed that with the department of education if you make less than 125,000 a year you could yeah. be eligible for up to $20,000 in student loan forgiveness i mean That's harsh. i can't believe this story is it what it says it is what? You know, it pretty well is what it says on the tin, but let's put this in a bit of context because um, 43 million Americans still owe student loans. You may remember when Barack Obama was running for president, mm -hmm. he was still paying off his student loans at 46. And this is completely common in America. People are paying off student loans into their 40s, 50s, even their 60s. Um, now, and uh, so... There are two problems with this. First of all, American colleges are crazy prices. I was just talking to a friend of mine in New York whose son is starting in NYU. 
his fees, just his fees to, to enroll in, in the foundation course for whatever he's doing, I think it's something to do with film, are $84,000. $84,000. For the whole, for the whole, for, for one year. For one year, wow. now that is not including any of the extras that, that go with, you know, being a student in New York, like none of them. Um, and there's also this weird tradition in America. Okay, you have here seven or eight Ivy League colleges and everyone wants to go to Yale and Princeton and Dartmouth. Harvard and, you know, Columbia and Cornell. Everybody wants to go to those colleges. But th those colleges are based, they're sort of clustered on the East Coast. So they're in Connecticut, they're in New Jersey, they're in New York pretty much. And um, so that means that if you are a student who lives in, we'll say, Iowa or Arizona or Texas, not only are you going to be having to pay the outrageous fees that these colleges charge? But you've also got to live. You've also got to pay for your mm. accommodation, your food, all your travel expenses, etc. So it runs into, for some students, hundreds of thousands a year. Now, in some cases, you have wealthy parents. In some cases, you have Pell Grants, which are given to, I think, about a third of students. But they're, they're, the Pell Grants are federal grants that are targeted um, at low-income Americans. Now, most of those low-income students happen to be Black or Latino. That's just how it is because they come from low-income homes. But then when those students leave, even though they get these grants, they still owe a fortune. And it, so you're paying off these debts for years and decades. And at the moment, it's 10%. You can pay up to 10% of your income, whatever that is. So if you're, let's say you went to college in America, which you can do to become a nurse, and you've got massive student loans, and you're making, I don't know, 30 grand a year, you can, you'll be obliged to pay a minimum of three grand a year plus interest. And the interest is not low. So there's a whole scam. And then you've got, at the moment, $1.62 trillion is owed on student loans in America. That is just wrong. And it's partly because so many colleges are so ridiculously overpriced. It's partly if you want to do things like medicine, the high paying um, professions, you go into it expecting to make sort of are hoping to make millions a year because your loans are going to be probably a million dollars. And there, that also has the effect of stopping people from going into areas in medicine, we'd say that are, are less lucrative. They're areas that would not be as well paid because they have this pressure to repay their loans. And also teachers, a lot of people won't teach in America. They just won't teach because they, they say the money is lousy and how am I going to pay off my student loans if I become a teacher, etc. So what Biden has done is really controversial, as in he's in this situation where if everyone is whining, he must be doing something right because he's getting flack from the left, the right and the middle. He's getting flack from the right who are saying that this is, and from a lot of moderate Democrats who are saying this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Why should we be spending $220 billion on paying off student loans? Now, what will happen, the, the impact of this will be about 20 million of the 43 million borrowers will have their debts wiped completely. That's either wow. because they owe less than 10 grand, 10 grand or less, or if they're Pell students, if they got the special Pell grants for low income, they get $20,000 scrubbed. Now, to me, that seems fair. If you know it, that, that um, you, you should be seeking to help people who are struggling the most. And in that two step system, it seems reasonable. But as I say, so many Americans and other Americans are saying, well, I paid my student loans. Why should, why should I have to? you know, yeah. subsidize these brats. And then you have other Americans who are saying, well, I never went to college. So why are my tax dollars paying for someone else's student loans? So there's a lot of that kind of resentment. And then on the far side, you have student loan advocates saying, this doesn't go nearly far enough. 
you should be doing 50 grand. This isn't, this isn't even coming close to what we need. So as sure. I say, this is something where, you know, 20 million Americans will benefit to some degree, uh, but it, it's getting a lot of flack and it's getting flack for understandable reasons. But I think overall, this is a good thing. But Marion, this is huge for those people Absolutely. that are having these loans wiped. I have debts. We all have debts. If somebody turned to me tomorrow and went, Jar, yeah, that 20K, it's gone. It's done. <laughs> you, you, that's an extra, you know, in my case, I would say about £450 sterling in my pocket every month. Yeah, what Biden's doing has to have some knock on for the economy because people will just have more money to spend. Is that the driver on this? Like, is that part of it? Because we are seeing a change in oil prices this week. Or can we connect those two dots at all? Well, I think that there are a number of dots we can connect. I think, yeah, like having, as you say, especially in certain parts of America, an extra $450 a month would make a huge change. Now, again, critics are saying, well, this isn't going to help inflation. But I think if you are just giving low income Americans a specific number that's targeted, like 20 million, who, you know, um, help with their loans. I don't think that that's going to have any like serious impact on inflation. The other thing that, and now I know there's a bit of thought about this, but I feel compelled to point it out. Um, with the, the, you may remember the COVID loans with the businesses and, and all of these businesses and billionaires who took advantage of them. Uh, in America, there were, there were, um, personal loans given out to people who had businesses to help them and, and to, to small companies. And as it turned out to huge companies. And what it was supposed to do was keep the employees on the payroll during COVID so they wouldn't be laid off and there wouldn't be an absolute, even worse crisis in the country. Now, amongst the people that there, there was an, a lot of these people have gotten total debt forgiveness, so they don't have to pay any of this back. And some of them got millions and millions. Now, amongst the people who got millions of dollars to pay their staff are several billionaires, including Jay-Z, worth two billion. He still took about seven million and has been forgiven for it. Jared Kushner, another person who borrowed money from the COVID um, debt relief that was intended, as I say, for small and struggling The author. Businesses. Jared Kushner, the, the, the renowned author, Jared <laughs> Kushner, to give him a full title. He had his his COVID, you know, he, he's, make, he's making, what, 60, 70 million a year every year he was in the White House. Uh, he had all of his COVID debts forgiven. You know, so these are the very people who are jumping up and down saying this is outrageous. And, and you know, to me, that's the big inequity that all these billionaires who had, and, you know, people like the actress Reese Witherspoon, she borrowed millions from it as well to pay her staff. You could argue all of these people have plenty of money to suck it up for a couple of months and pay their own staff, but they all managed to get these big loans and they've had them forgiven in full, regardless of their wealth. So to me, that that's if people are concerned about loans and loan forgiveness, that's where they're, they're, the focus of their ire should be. I have no problem with, you know, black and Hispanic students in particular, whose families really struggled to send them to college, who are still struggling, who are probably going to be the main supporters and the main wealth, wealth generators in their families. I've no problem giving them a help, uh, you know, a, a dig out and a helping hand. And as I say, the people who are shouting the loudest about inflation and et cetera, are saying nothing about, you know, Kanye and Jay-Z and Jar Jared and Reese Witherspoon. All these people get their millions back. You know, th mm. that doesn't seem to bother them at all. Wow. Well, it's it's a story I just couldn't kind of wrap my brain around because yeah. I know that if something like that were to 
happen to loads of students in the UK, especially the, the similar kind of situation there. It would just, you know, it would be result in so okay. much joy. And if you've Different. seen the outpouring of joy yeah. on places like TikTok for this, yeah. it must and, give Biden some kind of bump heading into these midterms well, to think that he know, made good on this election promise. The thing is that I sort of feel that Joe Biden is jinx that either he needs to get the world's biggest megaphone because everything he does seems to be drowned out by Trump. Like when he when he passed the huge climate change um, act and the health, you know, the prescription drugs yeah. lowered, all these things, you know, of course you had the FBI raid and Trump jumping up and down and every, like the news here, 24 hours all the time was all about the FBI search warrant, all about the FBI, what Trump called occupation of Mar-a-Lago. You know, but but Trump does this deliberately to drown out everything else. So so that went largely unnoted. And now you have the the um loan forgiveness. You also had, as you said, petrol here has gone down to below four dollars for the first time. Now that's pretty well where it was before COVID. Um, you know, so it's it's back to the original price, but there there aren't really any plaudits coming in for Biden on this, and this is partly because during COVID the price of petrol plummeted here, largely because nobody was using the stuff, nobody was driving, nobody was going anywhere, and in some places it was below two dollars. Now that was completely unrealistic, and it was specifically tied to the pandemic and the economic situation around the pandemic. Um. Now the price is at pre-COVID prices, which is the normal price. But everybody's saying here, or at least Republicans are going, oh, well, when Biden took over, it was only 190 a gallon. Now it's 380. But 380 is the normal price, as I say, that it was before COVID. But there's no credit for that. I think that student loans, you know, 20 million Americans are now debt free as a result of this move. Will they go out and vote Democrat in the polls? I don't know. I mean, it's, I it's been proven, I, it's, but it's been proven over and over, Charlotte, that angry people vote. Angry people go to the polls in the midterms. Mm. If you're not angry, you you don't go. Oh God, I'm so happy I got this loan. I must go and vote. You know, it's people go because they're angry about things. Now, I think that Biden and and the Biden administration, and certainly in Congress, are hoping that in another four states this week, new abortion bans came in. So that's going to be 17 states now that have really sort of like almost total that the trigger laws have kicked in and they have really, really strict bans on abortion in most of these states. Some of them don't even allow it for exceptions in the case of rape or incest. So most of them are will have to have these sort of dubious um sort of exceptions where they say if the mother's life's in danger, but they don't elaborate on what that means, which means that would probably have to go before a court. So these laws are just appalling and they're really onerous. So I think that um Democrats are hoping that as the real impact of this is filtering into women and on their lives, that that they are going to go out and, and protest this and by, by voting. But, you know, as I say, I think that the Republicans are a lot more motivated to vote because they know what they want and they want Donald Trump back and they want Biden out. And so we'll see. But certainly, I think in the Senate, and I know we've spoken about this before, I do think that the Democrats might keep control purely because of the god-awful, absurd lunatics that are running on the Republican side, the Trump endorsements who are trying to get into the Senate, that, that have really got no business anywhere near politics, no business near uh, anything, I would say, but, but there you go. Next week, this is my hope, next week we do an episode called The God-Awful Lunatics. <laughs> <laughs> we literally go down through each one. 
<laughs> yeah, we should totally do this, Marion, because okay. you keep referencing these people. And last week we had a chance and I chopped in a few hot takes and quotes from the ones that you referenced. But there's obviously, there's as so you said, a clown car full of them that they yeah. just keep getting out. I guess that's what you mean by clown car, as in like yeah. there, there's no way that they're fitting this many clowns in this car, but they just keep coming. They let's are. do it ne- let's next do week. It. Let's let's make yeah. that happen. In the second half of the show, we will, of course, talk about Florida. Uh, the Democrats pick the challenger to Ron DeSantis, and it's a doozy. Marion's going to explain exactly what's happening down there in Florida. Maybe the craziest state in America, Marion. I don't know. <laughs> is is oh, Nevada I, crazier? My, oh no, no, Florida. Florida's top. Let me tell you, for, <laughs> okay. for so many reasons we can't even go into them. <laughs> well, we'll talk all about that in the second half of the show over on patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad and we'll also do our new segment which is the take me back marion take me back to that time and today marion has sent me a few options for what we should talk about but the one that jumped off the page when you said it was the absolutely bananas recount of 2000 during the presidential election We're going to talk about what exactly happened there and what it was like to be in America at the time when you're watching the entire of democracy being thrown into the fire. It was like, I still can't wrap my brain around when I read it on Wikipedia. You're going to want to hear Marion's take on this. It's all over. Patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.